episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to Eleven. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Greg Dutcher. Greg, what's going on, man? What's going on is that I am back with you, my friend. It's been too long. Dude, it's been, it, it, it feels, honestly, I mean this, Nathan, like a miniature version of what the world went through with COVID. Yeah. You know, when people were like, oh, it's good to be back. Right. We're finally back in an office or a school or a church. Yeah. It feels great to be hanging with yeah. you, dude. We've just chatted the last, you know, what, half hour, 40 minutes, just yep. catching up a little bit, and we not like we haven't before then. Yeah. Um, dude, I'm just going to real quick steal this from you and become the interviewer. Sure. Let you be the interviewee. Yeah. How are you doing? Yeah, I... Um, so it's it's weird to answer that question. Yeah. Um, you know, because uh, I want to be well. Yep. And there's nothing that I can see or feel that would make me unwell. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I I was talking with people because I had, um, you know, had the heart attack back in December and then I got COVID uh, about two weeks ago yeah. from when we, when we were recording this. And um, COVID is almost easier. Mm. And it's like, well, right, because it's a heart attack. And that's not why it's easier. It's easier because um, I had symptoms. I had very clear symptoms. Yeah. I have. I, I had a fever. I had aches. I had chills. I had yeah. sinus stuff. There was a very clear progression of being sick and unwell. And I knew why I couldn't do certain things. Yeah. Um, I didn't have that with the heart attack. It was we, we've talked about this. It was very unusual because um, I didn't demonstrate any of the classic symptoms. Mm. Uh, we've talked about this before. My father died of a heart attack when yep. I was fourteen. I grew up learning to look for the signs and knowing what the signs are. Of course, um, and there was none of that. Yeah. And so the only indication that I had that there was something wrong truly was just kind of the Holy spirit, like go to the doctor, yeah, um, get checked out. And, um, I, I wouldn't have guessed that's what was going on. And so it, from that regard, um, you know, I had, uh, two stents put in, the procedures were done and kind of got out. And that's really where I was feeling weak and, Mm and trying to recover now it's just it's hit or miss yeah i have days where i wake up and i'm i'm fine i feel like man i've got i've got energy like i did before i'm good to go can go all day and then there are days where i wake up and you know i have days where i'm tired yeah um this isn't that this is like i i have nothing in the tank to do what i need to do like i am I am physically present, but I have nothing that I can even put forth 
in terms of wow. work and things like that. Mm. Um, and it, it's just, it's very different. Yeah. Very, very odd in that, in that regard, you know, and thankfully everyone at school is, you know, very gracious and very kind with yeah. everything, very understanding. Um, but you know, it's, it's frustrating cause it's like, I want to be better. Yep. I feel better, I think, except for, you know, when a day comes up and it's like, yeah, you, there's nothing there. So, yeah, yeah. dude. And am, am I right that part of this may be, mm-hmm. I stress the may, that your uh, cardiac rehab was a little more delayed than yeah. I know we would have hoped. Yeah. Um, and you've just started that at the time we're recording, dude. What, for about a week now? Yeah, uh, less. Less than a week because my, a week. yeah, it'll be, it'll be a week. You know, we're recording this on a Monday. I go two days a week, Wednesday and Monday. And so you're right. We met last week to plan. Yeah. And you, that was the day you had hoped. Yes. But you didn't meet their metric on that date, et yep. cetera. And you had to wait a few more days to start. Yeah. So yeah, Nathan, and we're sitting, um, um, my goodness, it's been two months. Yeah. Because uh, almost today's almost, yep. we're recording on the fifth. Yes, this will drop on the sixth. Yeah, midnight, just about there. Yeah, you know, we're very close to when it yeah it goes out. So I, you know, I'm excited, dude, that you're going to get that going because yeah. I bet you just feel from what you said, it kind of like these last two months. The majority of the time is okay. I came through the storm, but you're just in this period of suspended indecision. Yeah. Like what? What can I do? Right. Uh, exercise wise, routine wise, yeah. And obviously, your cardiac rehab piece is going to determine, yeah, so much of that. Yeah, so. they. It's two days a week for twelve weeks, um, and so they will, you know, be monitoring my progress and, you know, essentially let me know. Okay, you you can return to full um, workout stuff, you know, cause I think we talked about this, you know, Joy and I had been working out for well over a month, yeah. um, before this even happened. And, you know, so we were in a good routine and doing a lot. And then all of a sudden this happens and it's like, you know, the doctor's like, I mean, really for the first two weeks, you can't do anything, right? You, you're not allowed to drive. You're not allowed to do anything. Um, and then it's like, okay, you know, these, these restrictions are lifted, but until you start that cardiac rehab piece, like, you know, we don't want you maxing out your physical capability. Of course, course, Um, dude. And it's just, I'm very hopeful, Nathan, and prayerful. And I want our audience to be locked in on that too. So they can pray for you specifically. Uh, We obviously, right. This is fair prayer request. Want your cardiac rehab to go great. Yeah. We want your vitality to start returning more consistently. Like I said, yeah. dude, I think I've seen you enough now that I've seen you or at least talked to you on days where you don't have it yeah. and you're just too down. Uh, but you have not missed a day of school. I haven't. Which is awesome. Yeah. No, uh, say, sans, um, sans COVID. Yep. Um, when I was sick for COVID. No, I, I go in and it's like I'm a physical presence here. I will do what I can. Yep. But, um, you know, it's, it, it works out. It's worked out well so far, um, by the grace of God, that it's it's been on a um, on a PE day. 
Yep. Um, which I say that because PE day is actually easy to do a couple things and then like, okay, guys, now I need you to do this and practice it. Right. And I'll just come around and watch you. Right, exactly. Um, you do, I watch. Right. Yep. And uh, But if I if it was on a, a Monday, Wednesday, or Friday, that would be more difficult because I actually, I have to... I have to be mentally with it to teach and oh, talk man. with the students. And so hard. you know, yeah. you know, if there are days when you're tired that oh, yeah. you're kind of like, you know what, I can do this. I can get what I need to done. Um, I just, I don't know if on the days that I'm like that, where I'm, where I'm just we, like what that would look like. And, and honestly, I don't want to know what that would there, look there like. There's a certain kind of fatigue, dude. I know they often call it teacher tired. That is, very hard to describe, but you have to harness so much. You need to harness physical energy because you're harnessing mental energy. Right. And, uh, dude, it's it's hard, and it's responsive and reactive, Yeah, which requires more alertness, more energy. So hats off to you, bro. And um, I'll go way back to the beginning when yeah. you get this, dude. I think you know your wife's quite a fan of you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> And just for your encouragement, I won't get to But as I told you, Nathan, I was teaching my students at Towson. It was their last day in the classroom. Yeah. And I saw my phone ring, and I was like, Nathan Bell. But it, 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 I thought, well, Nathan doesn't normally call me. And then I'm like, wait a minute. This is Nathan's old number. Yeah. I could tell by the the icon that came up. Yeah. I, then I remember, oh, wait, this is Joy. And I thought, ah. Oh. And I'm in there with my students, and I thought, why is Joy calling me yeah. in the middle of the day? And I, I excused myself, stepped outside, and as I've told this, Nathan, I just it's cathartic for me to tell it because yeah. it's like, oh, good, by sitting with your nice smiling face and us sitting here in the comfort of uh, our studio tonight, I uh, it helps me. Yeah. But that first five to ten seconds... When she called, and I could tell things were weighing on her heavily. You have that weird voice. What are you about to tell me? Right. Joy? You know, and uh, you know. Once we got to the, you're at the hospital. You're. I was. Woo. Okay. Yeah. It was still enough of a shock. Sure. But you know that's a dreaded call. But uh, love the way. Yeah, it's so obvious to me, dude. You have a a partner yeah. who is an ally with you with yeah. right new rhythm new diet yeah all that stuff that you're doing yeah it's i mean it is a you know you can you can take it one of two ways and in, in talking with the doctor unfortunately for for many people they don't um they don't take it seriously yeah. um you know but joy and i just decided like you know this is this is what it is yeah. you know and um so we've buckled down. I mean, we, I was, uh, I was, I, I went to the hospital, went to the emergency room on a Wednesday, got home very late on a Friday. And that Saturday, uh, she went to work looking through all of our groceries that we had in the fridge and in the pantry, everything, and just chucked everything wow. that couldn't have i mean literally just made piles of it and we yep. called up people and we we're like hey uh you can come and get this or it's going in the trash wow and um we were left with pretty 
bare I would imagine shelves. I mean, <laughs> it's it's amazing how many things are just not, you know, heart healthy. Um, yeah. And it really shouldn't be surprising. I mean, we, we've said it for years, and Joy and I have joked so much, you know, Americans just don't eat well, and we don't have we don't have things in our shelves at stores that are conducive to that. You know, it's just, you look at everything. And um, so we just set off to, and, and, you know, we, we did for um, that period of time. We just, okay, what can we do? What can we, and so, you know, getting more into a routine now, um, it is more difficult because again, part of the reason why we had just gotten into such poor eating habits to begin with was um it, it's easy as a teacher of course you know you're of course you're teaching and you're you're late with meetings late with school events and between what joy and i do together at school we're not we're not getting home until nine ten o'clock at night sometimes yeah so it's just easier hey we're on the way home let's stop and grab something to eat and you yeah. think even um you know for us trying to grab a salad yeah um, at Chick-fil-A or whatever. Well, you know, that's still sodium content in a salad. I know. Is still <laughs> ridiculously high. Um, well, a lot of people like me, dude, ignoramuses that we are. I mean, for a few years I've been past this, but, you know, Lisa used to laugh at me. I used to think if a doctor asked me about salt in my diet. No? Yeah. And because... Dude, I almost never add table salt. Right. My fries have to be really bland for me to add table salt and to learn that, oh, there's so much salt yeah. already in yeah. Yeah. everything. Yeah. And I know you, you've told me every package you pick up, everything you look at, you're like, yeah. even the things that would seem healthy. Like to me, yeah. hey, guys, let's eat a little healthier tonight. Uh, let's not do Chick-fil-A. Let's go to Panera. Right. Yeah. Um, there's, I think you told me that there's probably like two or three things tops. Yeah. Right, that you could order that you're like, this will, I guess you could get a a bagel? Yeah, so. Well, a certain type, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like um, bagel, smoothie, and it's like, okay, that that kind of, if I'm doing that, then that gives me enough sodium content or or few enough sodium content that I can go out and get and eat my meals for the rest of the day. Yeah. And that's really what it is, is, you know, like, okay, if I get this, uh, that's my sodium content for the day. Yeah. Um, but I really shouldn't just be eating one meal a day. <laughs> right. So, right. of course. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's, it, it's been, it's been interesting and there have been, you know, there are times where you just kind of look at it and, you know, Joy and I have both expressed this and it's like, I just, I don't want any of this stuff. And, you know, I just, I want to go out and I want to get pizza and wings. Of course. Um, you know, and so there are definitely moments like that uh, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, this is this is where we are now. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, buckle down and, and do what we got to do. Um, and she has. She's been fantastic because she doesn't have to change no. her eating but style and habits. But she is, yeah. And I, I love it about her, too. So, you, you've, you've done quite well, my friend. So. And God's blessed you. Um, I talked to Joy Sunday after, at church, and I could tell what you're eating is what she's eating. And yep. it's... Uh, it's really good. And, dude, it's just good to have you back. Yeah. I mean, it's just good to be uh, here. And 
as I've said now, umpteen times. Oh, I should say going into tonight. Yeah. And, uh, every the audience doesn't know. Uh, the last podcast that we had on horror movies yes. was one in the vault. Yeah. Hey, just in case we did yeah. that, but let's throw one out there. We had a little extra time and what's an interesting topic. Oh, you know, Christians, you know, obviously no, we're not pushing anybody to watch right. horror movies. Right. We shared some of our different approaches to it. That was kind of a throwaway episode. We might need it sometime. Uh, I didn't plan to use it because last week, dude, mm-hmm. I recorded I twice. Yeah. <laughs> Twice, yeah, two self podcasts, and the Lord has shown me He doesn't want me to podcast with that without you, Nathan, <laughs> because the first one didn't record. Yeah, I had Stephen Smith in here helping me, you know. So I, so I had a tech guru here. Yeah, and it didn't record, and he could not recover it. I don't put that on him. It's just I was doing it on my MacBook, and then I did it again, and I could hear it when I was recording. Oh, that's good. And then I played it back, and I was like. Hey, everybody, buddy, buddy, buddy. Nathan's not here tonight, night, 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 night. But I'm here instead. Da, da, da. Yeah. And I thought, boy, that's annoying. Uh, so I said, Nathan, let's bust out let's- the Horror Vault <laughs> podcast. But tonight we go into new territory. That's right. We are, we are fresh and ready to go. Uh, we have had our uh, two-month hiatus, although yes. we did not miss a week nope. with that. So. Fresh content, dude, because Fresh content. you pushed us, That's thinking right. it would just buy us time during the holidays. Yeah. It did that and more, Yep, for which we're very thankful. Yeah. No, that was, uh, again, you know, thinking through and, you know, it's like just God's grace and yes. us being able to do that. I mean, that that's the first time we have podcasted on that level before it, it, it was it was a quite a november yeah we were getting i yeah. mean i remember at one point dude it was like whoo it was getting ripe in the studio yeah. <laughs> we're like i just watched the we are the world uh i told you about yeah. you know the uh, netflix special which is awesome by the way we could talk about that some other time yep and i remember at one point uh Lionel Richie said, and you know, by three in the morning, it was getting pretty ripe in there. I said, I bet you got all those people crammed in. It's the two of us, but we were putting some long hours. That's right. That's right. I'm thankful because if you've listened to our podcast since really November. Yeah. um, Yeah. They they were all being recorded November, December, most of January, except last week. Yep. And now we're back in February in real time. In real time. And excited about this one because it's... It's an important topic. It's one that uh, I, several people have asked me about. You know, are you going to do this? Uh, because we've we were pretty consistent in doing political ones. Yep. Um, and it, it works out well because we're in February. Yeah. And let's be real, nobody's paying attention to no. politics in February. It's a good time before tensions get high. Yeah. I hope. We were talking about it before we recorded, Nathan. Remember, I saw something, I think it was on Fox, or it was, it was one of the big cable networks. Yeah. It's just a quick poll on when do start people, people start paying attention. Yeah. And dude, it's really end of summer, beginning of September. Yeah. It, that's. I mean, I'm sure some real political aficionados oh, sure. are paying attention yeah. now, and maybe some of you are listening and say, what are you talking about? I pay attention to this stuff right. every day. I'm just saying it seems that the majority of the population Yes. You know, busy with work and football and right. hobbies and baseball and all the things that will be occupying their attention don't look at it till later. So because this one is so fraught with controversy, yeah, um, not that we're going to make it controversial in this introductory episode, 
But uh, I like talk. Okay, here's what I've learned, dude. I think I've said this before. Yeah. As a pastor and preacher, I've learned the time to preach on the normalize that tension is a normal part of life in the church. Right. So the Paul and Barnabas story. Yeah. Is not when there's tension in the right. church. I've done it before, and it seems like the perfect approach. Hey, everybody knows there's some tension in the church. There's some relational strain. Maybe it's a staff issue. Maybe a significant number of people have expressed frustration or left or talking about leaving. I'm going to preach on Paul and Barnabas mm-hmm. so that people know, hey, these things happen. I've made, I've done that twice mm-hmm. that I can remember, and both times it backfired. Yeah, I've just learned in general, I don't know what it is if people are suspicious mm-hmm. that, oh, look at the pastor pulling out this text that conveniently, you know, might exonerate sure. a cause that he's dear to or something. I don't know. I think it, what I learned is when the tensions are high is not the time to deal with the text when the tensions yeah. are high. Yeah. You want to do this proactively yeah. so that you're prepared when those moments come. Sort of like, dude, uh, we're talking about shopping. They always say, don't grocery shop when you're hungry. Right. Yeah. Shop. Right after you ate a huge meal, yeah, uh, you'll make better decisions. Yeah. Your 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 thoughts are more tuned to long term benefit. Yeah. Um. So here we are, February yep. elections not till November. Yep. Uh, we got a lot of time, and I think it's a good place. Yeah. To talk about stuff. I agree, and and the reality is, you know, Greg, this like with so many of the things that we've discussed, you and I are very like-minded when it comes mm. to to politics and when it comes to how we should um, approach politics. And really, that's what we're going to take February to talk about. You know, today we're just going to opening, starter, mm. uh, looking ahead type thing. But, you know, we're going to get into, okay, how do we as believers approach um, things that we would consider political problems, um, we're going to look at how do we as believers approach things that we would consider um, biblical problems. Yes, um, and and I, and I think those are important topics to talk about. But understanding that this whole thing has, particularly in the Christian community, has blown up so much more than it ever needed to. Yeah, um, you know that we talk about somebody's conscience and, and the Holy spirit working in a person to guide and direct, you know, Mm -hmm. them in, in certain areas. And then when it comes to politics, it's like, yeah, but if you do this, you're wrong. (laughs) I know. Um, That's a good observation. And, and, you know, I think you and I, Greg, we've both, we've both seen it and observed it. We've been on the receiving end of those sorts of remarks. We've been on the giving end of some of those remarks and, you know, earlier years. And so I think it's important, you know, to start this by, you know, simply saying that this is not what we as believers should hang our hats on. Yeah. Um, we, we do not need to live and die by who sits in the white house. No, dude, I heard, I think Tony Evans might've been the first one I've heard say it, uh, that I heard say it years ago that, you know, as Christians, we, we don't pin our hopes uh, 
on the backs of elephants or donkeys. Yeah. You know, we, we, we pin our hopes on Christ. Most people hear that, amen, brother, amen, brother, but you're right. Something happens often during tense election season. So, well, let's talk about this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that we're heading into as we sit here in early February 2024. Yeah. I think... Think it's almost a foregone conclusion, isn't it, brother? That it's going to be yeah. 2022.0, yeah. right? I think yeah. it's going to be Trump versus Biden. Yeah. As we stand here, you know, a couple of primaries that Trump's won. Um, Nikki Haley is the only remaining mm-hmm. challenger to Trump. Yeah. Uh, and then Biden, um, as far as I can tell, right? We were talking about this before. Yeah, I don't think there's, you know, he's a he's an incumbent. He's a president, uh, he, a presidential incumbent. Uh, it's rare that there would be a challenge. I think it did happen. If memory serves or history serves, this is before your time, even, mm-hmm. dude. And I was just ten. I was just a little kid. Um, Carter. I think was challenged in the primary season in 1980 by Ted Kennedy, I think. Okay. Maybe somebody listening out there can correct me if I'm wrong, or I guess we could Google that. Um, But it's rare. Better to make stuff up. Yes, exactly. In my uh, current lifetime, dude, I don't recall, I don't think it's happened, uh, Mm -hmm. a, a Bush or... Or Trump uh, or um, uh, Clinton, Obama having an inside challenger. Yeah. So it looks like we're heading into the same election. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because every poll that I see yeah. says the majority of people don't want this same election. Right. But, but, <laughs> but that's what it's going to be. That's where we're going. So. I don't know, dude. I'd need somebody much more advanced than I am to break down the numbers. I don't understand enough how it all works, but there, it's even though most polls show the majority of Americans don't want Trump versus Biden again, right? <laughs> but all the primaries and the nomination process looks like that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. So uh, that in itself would be interesting. It's normally that doesn't happen again. Usually, um, a person who doesn't win isn't back the next go around. Right. But these are unusual times. Um, yes, they are with unusual uh, circumstances. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's that. Uh, here's what I pray, Nathan, and I tell you this all the time. 2020 was a challenging time for CFC mm-hmm. l- long before the election. Yeah, yeah. Because we had COVID, we had the shutdown, we had tensions were running high on that. When are we going to reopen? I mean, I'm looking at this on a very personal at home level. And, uh, you know, it's just, my goodness, in the summer, we had uh, George Floyd's uh, death. Yeah. We had yeah. Black Lives Matter uh, issues. We had... Uh, vaccine controversies yeah. when we got to the end of 2020 going yeah. into 2021. Uh, we had a contested election. We had January 6th. That 2020 year yeah. 
and where the election season landed, man, I still have some PTSD from it, and I don't think I'm exaggerating it. Yeah. A lot of emails, a lot of uh, we had departures. Yep. Um, so I've said for years now, man, I hope I can live through 2024. I hope I can survive it. Um, I'm hoping that we've worked really hard, Nathan, here. One of the things, you know, one of our values at CFC is we always say, uh, Jesus is our lead story. Yeah. So yeah. Matt and I were talking the other day. That's going to be an important message to come out. Yes. You know what? Jesus is our lead story the night of the election. Yeah. I expect everybody to be watching. All eyes to be glued. Of course. I mean, we're always interested in presidential politics. Um, whoever wins or right. loses or contest that they won or lost, uh, Jesus is our lead story. Yeah. And that's really where we want to find our identity. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that you bring that up um, because you've talked about this before, Greg, the idea that we don't here at CFC um, preach politics at the pulpit. Right. And talk to us a bit about that because there, you know, it's, it's interesting because talk to a lot of people who, you know, study history and look at history and, one of the things that um, America is kind of founded on is, you know, the religious freedoms that we uh -huh. have. Yep. Um, and there were a lot of pastors um, kind of during the founding of the nation and, and even afterwards, I mean, even up till today, who would say, well, no, it's our duty and responsibility to preach the truth. And so yeah. part of that is looking at who, you know, the presidential candidates are, you know, this is the system that God has allowed for us. And so being informed um, citizens is part of, mm -hmm. you know, doing our godly civic duty. Um, talk to us about why we don't do that here. Yeah, it's a great question, Nathan, and we I'm asked it a lot, usually around a political season. I, I've actually had some emails through the years. People say, Greg, I was surprised it was the Sunday before the election, mm -hmm. um, and you didn't address it. I, I here's, So here's what I've learned. I, I've learned I normally will because I don't want to frustrate people, but the way I address it mm. or how I might address it is going to be very specific. Mm. Um Okay, I, I've i never been particularly persuaded, and I'm wondering if our audience, how they're going to feel about this. As mm -hmm. I'm saying it, I feel a little tightness in my chest. I've never been particularly persuaded that there's a biblical obligation on me to vote. Mm. One, okay, hear, hear me out on this. When the Bible was originally written, mm -hmm. um anybody reading it with roman citizen without roman citizenship there's nothing right and even those with roman citizenship there wasn't a vote right uh there were rights that were afforded them so when the apostle paul on a few occasions appeals to his citizenship because mm -hmm. he was an unusual apostle in light mm -hmm. of his background um he was a citizen that that afforded you certain rights and privileges Paul was not afraid to assert those and use those. Um, but there was not the American democratic system right. in place. So to me, it's always felt a little bit of a stretch. Well, the Bible tells us we should vote. I'm like, I don't think so. Right. I think the Bible informs our citizenship in any country. So if you're a citizen of, I don't know, Zimbabwe, mm -hmm. or you're a citizen of, 
um, you know, uh, the Czech Republic, yep. or you're a citizen of France, or the U.S., or the U.K., or Canada, wherever, I think there's some universals. Yeah. Uh, I think Second Thessalonians, work hard, be a good neighbor, commend the gospel through your integrity, through your acts. Our neighbors should look at us as kind, honest, generous people. I heard mm-hmm. somebody say, people that might even think what we believe is wacky, they might say, you know what, that those guys over there, they believe some weird stuff, but you know what, I like them. Mm-hmm. I, I want them to work for me because yeah. I trust them. I, I wouldn't mind if my daughter married one of their sons because mm-hmm. they seem like they're decent people. Right? So the Bible informs citizenship, mm-hmm. and what I love about it is it's so timeless and geographically nonspecific yeah. that we can apply it anywhere in a variety of governments. Yeah. Um, dictatorships, the which is ironically closer to what the Bible mirrors. Yeah. Nero was a pretty nasty dude, and it still informs what citizenship looked like. So that's my first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is... I actually believe we and I've talked. We've talked about this all the time, Nathan. And I'm going to get a little personal here. Mm-hmm. Um, why not make it interesting? I have elected, pun intended, mm-hmm. not to vote in the last election, mm-hmm. and I may do the same here. Mm-hmm. My personal views, and again, I'm not speaking pastorally. I'm not speaking, you know, out of some gospel imperative here. Just as a dude, yeah, Christian guy. I've not been thrilled personally with either candidate yeah. to the point. And I believe that that's part of what we can do. Mm-hmm. We can exercise. I understand a lot of people, mm-hmm. particularly in a church such as ours, will say, well, I voted for Trump, uh, Supreme Court justices, etc." Mm-hmm. I understand that. And I respect that. Yeah. Really do and, and uh, listen, and I've had a lot of friends talk to me about it. I've been torn um, on it for several reasons that I don't need to get into tonight. Um, so I'm not going to dictate what somebody does or does not do yeah. with their vote, because I think our primary calling as a church is is not hidden from us. Yeah, go into all the world and preach the gospel to yeah. all people. Uh, to be about the internal transformation of the heart through the proclamation uh, proclamation of the gospel. Um, I know if I were to interview people in the church and say, well, I'm voting in the next election and I'm voting, and here's why. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I think um, I'm not going to bind somebody's conscience one way or another, but I'm not in any sense believing that we are uh, required yeah. to do a certain thing. Yeah. And I love what you said earlier. You said we generally evangelical Christians are like, hey, the Holy Spirit, we he guides our conscience. Like most people say, hey, this movie, hey, submit your conscience to the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, can I drink this? Uh, so submit your conscience mm-hmm. to the Lord. We, we, we give a lot of that. Often people change when it comes yeah. to, this is what you need to do and here's why. Yeah. I'll listen to a case. Sure. I just think we should really work hard to be um, very, very careful yeah. about binding somebody else's conscience. And, dude, at the end of the day, the church isn't called to support the kingdom of this world. Right. 
Augustine's two kingdom theology yeah. or two cities yeah. theology to me has always been good. There's there's the city of man, yeah, which is crumbling. Yeah, keep in mind he's writing this pretty much at the as the cracks in the Roman Empire yeah. are widening. Oh, absolutely, yeah, most powerful. And and he would say it's the city of man. Yeah, and there's the city of God, and that's what we're called to build. I love the 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 voice in Hebrews that keeps coming up when it summarizes those Old Testament saints. They were looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. Yeah, that's the city of God. That's what we are building. Yeah, and yes, we're living in that space where the city of man and the city of God kind of intersect. Yeah. But, dude, I just have never been persuaded or want to throw all my efforts in the city of man. Right. It's crumbling. Yeah. Well, the reality is when you look at history, and and yes, even American history, that has not served the gospel well. Right. Um, When you're locking people up in prison because they're not attending church on Sunday, Mm -hmm. that's problematic. Yeah. That's that's not biblical. (laughs) Well, can we say it, dude? It's most of us as Christians, right? Yeah. Find the idea if you're if you're examining another religious faith like Islam. Yeah. Sharia law. Yes. Which basically calls for the imposition of Islamic code. Yeah. On society. Yeah. We would say no. I often wonder if we're not careful. How does our insistence? Yeah. This is what we're going to require this is what we're going to sound to the ears and hearts of unbelievers yeah right i mean the biggest problem right is their heart right is far from the lord right is hardened against him right so we don't remedy that by right by law right you know we remedy that by proclaiming the gospel of god's grace in christ and trust that he opens up people's hearts. So anyway, yeah. quick thing about that. No, and, and but that's, you know, that's important. And I, you know, I know there are people out there because this is, you know, well, we make laws about, you know, uh, murder and stealing and, you know, all those things. It's like, yes, yes, we do. Yeah. Because those are part of what we consider to be natural law, mm-hmm. right? These are these are the things that in all civilizations, regardless of if you believe in God or not, I mean, God is the author of law. Yeah. But I think I think when we see, you know, Paul talks to us very clearly about what we would consider to be religious law yeah. and religious tradition and what's necessary for the gospel to thrive. Yeah. You know, and and you know, this is a debate that they had back when, you know, Christianity was coming and blooming, right? Yeah. Circumcision. Why don't we hold people to this religious tradition right. that we have? Right. Because it's a stumbling block. Right. It's a stumbling block for the for the Gentile, for the unbeliever yep. who is not a part of the Jewish community. They don't understand why you're doing what you're doing. And so, no, this is not a requirement for salvation, and we should not be imposing it on people. Yes. Yes. Dude, that's key. And on that, as I try to get this tape off my phone here, I want to confirm my thoughts. The circumcision argument is interesting. Because we see this in the life of the Apostle Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just double-checking it because I, I think I've got this wrong before. Um, and let me pull this up. Okay, yes. It's interesting. If you read the book of Acts, 
and the letters. Mm -hmm. You'll see Paul had two apprentices. He had more than two, but the two in this case, Timothy and Titus. Yep. Both of whom were Greeks, were Gentiles, and had not been circumcised. Mm -hmm. So Paul encourages Timothy to get circumcised, mm -hmm. but fights for Titus's right not to be circumcised. Yeah. What? Context determined both. Yeah. In the case of Timothy, it seems that what was affecting Paul's thinking was where they're going into a an evangelistic campaign yeah. among many Jewish communities. Yeah. And circumcision, frankly, was kind of expected. Yeah. Right? It was just sort of a, a, a respected, yes, there was religious symbolism, but cultural uh, meaning to it as well. And it's as if to remove that stumbling block, hey, let's not even make that an issue, mm -hmm. Timothy. Timothy does. Where in another case, Paul is defending Titus' is right not to be circumcised because there it was a gospel issue. Yeah. If the Judaizers, who were people that believed you had to have faith in Christ, they're good mm -hmm. on that, but you also had to be circumcised to show your adherence to the law of Moses. We saw, you know, we the whole book of Galatians answers that question. Paul says, no. Right. You bring that in as a requirement, it's no longer the gospel. Yeah. It's faith in Christ alone, but not really alone. Right. So it's faith in Christ plus works. Yeah. Plus become Jewish, plus get circumcised, plus right. keep the dietary codes of Moses, etc. And Paul was said, no way am I doing that. So in the one case, it's a missionary accommodation. Yeah. So when Hudson Taylor goes to China, yeah. Hey, you know what? Uh, I'm going to remove a little obstacle here. I'm not going to dress in my Western garb. Yeah. I'm going to wear the the clothing and the wardrobe of the people to whom I'm ministering. Yeah. That's a missionary accommodation, and that's wise and yeah. it's smart. Sometimes you determine this is a gospel issue, and I got to go to the mat. Yeah. Even though the material issue is the same. Right. So I think, dude, that really serves us in thinking about politics. Yeah. So I recognize, I want to say this for our listeners. Some people might think, man, did Greg just say he's not even voting? I care deeply about issues that often politics touches on. Yeah. Whether that be the sanctity of life. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, whether that be a, a social justice cause that the scriptures speak of, right? I mean, obviously, you think of the book of James, pure religion is this, right? Mm -hmm. And one of those aspects is taking care of children and widows, yes. looking after them in their distress. Those things matter to God. Yep. So as Christians begin to assess things politically and they look at parties, I think what we find, don't we, Nathan, what party captures every biblical imperative? None that right. I'm aware of. Right. Sometimes, often, you'll. what I find, I think you would agree with this, Nathan, mm -hmm. uh, Democrat, what we think of as more progressive, mm -hmm. liberal party affiliations, often, mm -hmm. you know, people debate, but historically there's been a vested interest in what we call social justice yep. causes and issues. Yep. Where do you tend to find the um, emphasis on sanctity of life, uh, right to life, abortion, um, uh, gender issues yeah. in terms of what defines a marriage tends to be more on the right. Yeah. Um, what what I find is that as a follower of Jesus, I want to care about all the issues that God lays out in Scripture. Yeah, and some people will express that through a political means. I do not believe the be the 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 believer is bound 
yes. by that as his only option. Yes. Uh, in other words, Nathan, I have great interest. I, you know, my my mother in law, uh, when she passed away in the fall, the sweetest time in her life was when she worked at Birth Birthright. Yeah. Uh, it's called something else now, and the name is just escaping me. But it was a Catholic sponsored ministry who ministered to. Um, tended to be the impoverished areas in our county, um, young women with unwanted pregnancies, Mm -hmm. and it was a tremendous, tremendous thing. Those years brought Connie so much joy. She loved talking to these women. They would throw baby showers for these young girls that were pregnant. They would counsel very clearly when women came in to discuss things. Mm -hmm. What I loved about their ministry, even if the young woman aborted mm-hmm. the child they continued to minister yeah to the woman yeah they were very clear on their belief and they were uncompromising um you don't have to be a registered independent republican or democrat to be involved in a ministry like that yeah you could be sure and that's fine but i'm saying there are other venues that christians can enter yeah to align themselves with the causes god identifies in scripture so i'm passionately pro-life yeah uh, which is why some people were said, Greg, I'm surprised you didn't vote in the last election. I'll say, right, I have made I made the determination for that election. I don't know if I'll do it this time or not. I'm still sure. praying. But for that election, I had my reasons. I thought my passion for pro-life in my mind and my conscience is not diminished by electing not to vote in that election. Yeah. And my commitment to be a pro-life Christian person is not diminished. Yeah. So um, there are ways yeah. that Christians can go about their passions. But I have I, what I find, dude, is when churches go the political way, mm-hmm. right or left, yeah. it just tends to have this overall diluting effect on the main thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah of course we're going to preach the gospel, but this Sunday we're going to address... Right. This burning cultural issue, and I'm like, the gospel's always the burning issue. Right. The When isn't the gospel the most important issue? Right. I think most people say, well, I guess it is always. Right. Right. We know it's the most important yeah. issue. The proclamation of Christ crucified. Right. The the discipling of believers, the the glory of God and, mm-hmm. and, and his fame in the world. Yeah. Sorry, dude. I'm getting a little preachy. No, it's good because it's so true. Because if our focus is Christ alone, then man, we could be so showing so much charity to other believers and then to unbelievers as well. Yes. Right. I mean, the testimony of the church has been severely hurt uh, over the past several years. Yeah. In particular, when it comes to politics, right? Um, it, it is at a fever height when, and and I've noticed this talking to um, to people who do not believe in Christ, and trying to get them to distinguish Christ from politics right. is so hard, yeah. and it shouldn't be. Christ is not associated with any political party. If Christ was here today, he would not vote Democrat or Republican. (laughs) Oh, dude, look at you throwing it down. Um, And he wouldn't vote independent either. I'm convinced that he wouldn't vote at all. 
Really? I'm 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 100 convinced yeah. that he no, would not vote at I all. I respect it. I'm going to ponder that one. That's um, a, I've never actually thought about it. It's sort of you know the WWJD. Yours right. is the HWJV. How would Jesus vote? <laughs> uh, did I get that right? Interesting. And we 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 can talk about that. No, but, that's but I really am interesting. Convinced that that he would not vote um, for for a myriad of reasons, uh-huh. but. Ultimately, you're voting to give someone else power and authority over you. Ah, interesting. And interesting. I do not believe that. I see, I see where you're going. That he would do that. Yeah, I, I don't whatsoever. But second, when Christ was here on Earth and he could have gotten involved politically, yeah, Rome was a hotbed of politics. Yes, they could not vote. But there were a lot of issues politically going on in Rome at the time Christ came. Right. And his posture toward that is mostly, eh, Romans are going to do what Romans are going to do. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Oh, dude, I've always been fascinated. And this is where I started to know. My mentor, Dave Shive, helped me with this fresh out of seminary. I was a lot more politically, I, I never had the passion to preach politics, but I was a lot more politically, what's the word, energized sure. maybe when I was sure. fresh out of seminary. Um, and I remember Dave Shive talking about this regularly, one-on-one and in his teaching outposts. Um, look at Jesus' interest level in politics, government at the time. And it just seems very low yeah um every time he's somebody seeks to drag him in and the most obvious is they want to trap him right do we pay taxes to caesar you know because that was always a burning issue and oh uh anybody got a coin Mm -hmm. yeah whose image is on that coin you know caesar oh okay uh render to caesar what's his render to god what's his that's about as close as you (laughs) get Right, certainly not a call for radical overthrow. Right, but certainly not a wow. I'm really invested in this, and let me tell you, uh, not all Caesars are good. Some are worse than other. It's just he was so focused mm-hmm. on I think what he defines for us: the kingdom of heaven, right. the kingdom of God. Right, it is upon you. It is coming. Repent and believe the gospel. Yeah. That's his message to the Roman centurion or the Jewish synagogue ruler. It's just the same. Yeah. It's there's a a kingdom that is coming that is not bound by time and place and space. Yeah. And it's coming and it's here because I'm here. Yeah. And he's the heart of that kingdom. It's a it's a fascinating thing. Um and I think that disinterest or uninterest, whichever term I always get the two confused, is more apropos here. Uh, seems to run from Jesus' ministry, and I I see it echoing through the New Testament letters. Yeah, uh, and even into the Book of Revelation. Yeah. Now, if you if you have an early date on Revelation, some Christians think probably for end times reasons that it was written before seventy A.D. The more traditional view is written in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Either way, if it's before seventy A.D., it's Nero. If it's in the nineties, it's Domitian. They're both pretty hostile right. Caesars to to the church. And the issue even there is not their overthrow. It's will the church right. survive? Right. Will the gospel keep being preached? Yeah. And who's at the center of it? Revelation 5. 
Nobody was worthy to open the scroll. No Caesar, no emperor, yep. uh, no even Old Testament prophet. Oh, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Yeah. And the lamb of God, who yeah. is that lion, is worthy to take the seal and open it. I mean, that's... Yeah. It, it, to me, it's not hidden from us. Yeah. This is where it's at. So as we head into a political season in months from now, and yeah. I'm glad it's yeah. months from now, dude, I, I hope that we will... Um, you know, just keep that before us. Yeah. Right? That Jesus is our lead story. Yeah. The gospel central to all of life. This is, in, and I think it's a time of temptation. And again, I don't want to over-dramatize it. I'm not saying people that are politically interested, sure. they're watching uh, their, their cable news every yeah. night or doing something wrong. Yeah. I don't believe that. Yeah. It's more what our hearts attach themselves yeah. to. Yeah. And if we equate an election result with the kingdom of God, I think that's a mistake. Yeah. Because the kingdom of God thrives sometimes in the most impossible and oppressive yeah. of circumstances, yeah. dude. I mean, underground church in China yes. for years now. Uh, and the, the spread of the gospel, the right. Dude, the first century church. Yeah. I mean, well, how is the church ever going to spread? They did not view what was happening in Caesar's palace. Yeah. Um, makes me think of a casino. Right. Um, but, you know, the real Caesar's Palace. Right. As a victory or defeat. Yeah. It was the gospel spreading. Yeah. Well, in again, when you look at the times when the church has been in control throughout history, it does not look good. It's not very good, is it? Dude, I'm, I, that is often... Let's talk about that. Dude. Yeah. I, well, let's, let's script a little with our audience yeah. with us. Let's on one of these upcoming podcasts talk. I'll do a little more reading and research and, yeah. and try to be fresh. You can do the same, dude, on the Crusades. Yeah. I'm going to have some general thoughts on that. Um, I mean, really, since you know when when Constantine uh, kind of took over after the fall of Rome yeah. and he comes into power and you see, okay, the legalization of Christianity – yeah, there were some good things that happened because mm. of that, right? You got, um, you know, several councils that meet to discuss, you know, very important openly, doctrinal matters. Doctrinal yep. matters. Yep. But but you start to see the corruption that that goes into you know the Middle Ages, yeah. And and the response of the Enlightenment is is a rejection of the things that the church has been doing. Agreed. You know, and and you see that with the French Revolution, right? The French Revolution is a result of of the the higher powers, yep. the king, the queen, the upper class, the clergy yeah. taking advantage of the people. Yes, and uh dude, that's very well put. I'll even add that we can talk about this more in an upcoming podcast. John Calvin's Geneva, Switzerland. Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm not sure how I feel about that place. I'm not talking about the theology behind the Reformation, mm -hmm. but I'm not a big fan of everything that happened there. Mm. The more I read, and we we can talk about that yeah. too. You're right. It's because it, I think what happens, dude, is yeah, Kingdom of God, Kingdom of God. Oh, we got we got the power of the Kingdom of this this world, and again, right, City of God, City of Man, yeah. If our city of God focus just even slightly shifts, oh, look, I got the access to the power levers right. of the city of man. Well, the city of man's crumbling. Right. It's meant to crumble. I mean, it isn't going to happen all at once. Sure. America's been going now a couple of hundred years. But, dude, I mean, 
we're still we haven't existed as long as Rome, <laughs> and Rome toppled, and they toppled huge. Yeah, and so that's not our identity. I think yeah. of Paul and Philippians. Our citizenship is in heaven, and um, you know, they're, they're, we're we're citizens of a different kingdom. Yeah, and you're right. The times where we've had the levers of power, yeah, have not been our best moments. Dude, even personally, like when you think of King David, yeah, I'm convinced. Again, this is my friend Dave Shives' influence, who's mm. kind of an expert on the life of David. It sure does look that his best moments, his psalms, his his clearest moments of faith, were all ultimately when he was on the run, yeah, before he was even officially installed as king, and Saul is out to get him. Most of David's problems are post kingship, yeah. When you would think, well, as soon as he gets the kingship, he's going to make it. Well, it, it didn't quite work that way. Right. I mean, he, honestly, things when he died um, were not ideal. Right. And kind of set up his son Solomon to preside over the dying days of a united kingdom, leading right into the division of the kingdom, which never healed. Yeah. I mean, Old Testament history ends. They, they never reunited. Right. There was... A almost like a civil war type split. So that let's talk about yeah. that in this month. That what happens when we get focused on power? Yeah. And I love what you said earlier, dude. I ha- I never thought of that angle. I'm going to be pondering that mm-hmm. all week. Jesus voting for people to have power over him. It's a, it's a very interesting. I'm pondering that. Now. All right. <laughs> you gave me something to think about, and I like it. So yeah, uh, everybody. I know we're about to wrap up, yeah, aren't we? We are. Kind yeah. of just introduction introduction tonight. Yeah. As you could tell, Nathan and I riffed our way through this, yep. and I loved it, dude. That was great. Um, and so, you know, again, as as we're going to go throughout and we're going to talk, you know, we're doing this in February. So, you know, when when election time comes in November, you know what? Vote Democrat, vote Republican, vote Independent, don't vote at all. Ultimately, for you as a believer, you need to do what you think your conscience is calling you to do. Absolutely. In this Absolutely. case, this is a complete conscience issue, and so I couldn't agree more, dude. Yeah, we're not bound on this, and we'll, we'll, we can talk more about that next week too. What it means to be bound and to have your conscience bound. Um, I've seen a lot of damage done. Yeah, when when this happens. Um, so yeah, I look forward to it, dude. All right, my brother, this has been great. Yes, been good to be back. Until the next time, we just rock the Casbah like Augustine. Thank you again for listening to These Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These Go to 11.